So maybe you're a crazy person like me who has over 400 Marines and you want to name them all. Or maybe you love creating new characters for D&D. Or maybe you just really like learning the meaning and origins behind some of your favorite nerdy character names from pop culture. Well then, it sounds like you need Naming Your Little Geek by Scott Root. This is an incredibly fun and easy read. It taught me not only is Ulrich the name of a war god, but also a Sith master. It also comes with one more added benefit. It's a great resource for naming your babies. Follow the link in the description below and pick up your copy of Naming Your Little Geek today. Hello and welcome back to what we are calling bolters. Why are we calling these bolters? Because they're rapid fire and only last about 24 to 30 minutes. I'm Lord Commander Orc, and with me as always is... The shield brother, Axel Wright. How's it going today, man? It is alright. Um, I'm a little tired. Getting a little groggy. <laughs> I did finally start my Skaven Immortal Empires game in Total War 3. Now that I've gotten through all the Realms of Chaos uh, games, so... I'm waiting on the patch that fixes AI recruitment before I can really dig back into Immortal Empires. What's wrong with AI recruitment? They're just building some of the goofiest armies, and it could be my mods. I haven't gone through and some of my mods, but they're building some of the goofiest armies I've ever damn seen. Because I've been using, ever since you turned me on to tabletop caps, I exclusively play with it, and everything seems really chill for me, so... I stopped using it because it, well, it was kneecap my chaos campaigns there for a hot sec. But the number one I keep on, I keep running into is almost all the AI armies I'm going up against run fifty percent or more ranged units, mm -hmm. and that's just not fun to fight. Hmm. It's funny, it's needlessly chasing down crossbowmen. I think it's funny you say that because I felt like the tabletop caps mod didn't at all impact my Warriors of Chaos campaigns because their infantry is just so good. <laughs> yeah but it's more i want to get up to i don't want to, have to choose between chosen and trolls i guess but again they probably they patched it several times over since i first played with it i like so having i mean to me better to me that's kind of the point of that mod is making that kind of choice i mean i'd usually have one unit of chosen just one then like one unit of trolls a bunch of warriors of chaos and then a handful of demons to pepper it it felt very thematic and very strong with any See, of when I was playing with it, I was getting hammered on the demons. Like, the demons were sucking up a lot of my... For whatever, the demons were classified as rare. That's weird. I, the only yeah, demons I'll I saw classified as rare were soul grinders and greater demons. So Yeah. I'll have to plug it back in and try Because I played with that mod forever and loved it. And again, maybe it's just my mods, but lately I've just been running into, like, oh, this is a 20-stack army and there are 16 crossbowmen. This is going to be fun, or I can just auto-resolve this. Hmm. It's funny because right now I'm fighting mostly wood elves who are basically all oh, scouts. Fuck. See, wood so. elves makes sense, but when your empire and your dwarven and your dark elves are just coming at you with nothing but uh, crossbows, it's like, what the fuck is this nonsense? Get out of here. Anyway, as fun as this is, we're not actually here to talk about Total War. I was just sharing that as like, hey, I'm finally I know, doing you my. Got us off on a tangent. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally did it, but I'm just saying because I got my Ica Claw game finally going, so. <laughs> Anyways, the people that pay extra to listen to the tangent are wonderful, wonderful patrons. They are Pam Galley, Marky, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Arthur Crane, Kevin Vay, Brendan Agnew, John Vittles, Kit Kenny, Seth Decker, Donald Lucy, Patrick Anderson, Carson Mel, Scott Rubin, Derek Terry, and Peter Cook. Now, if you'd like to join that illustrious legion, head on over to patreon.com forward slash geeks with shields. Because if you become a patron, you can suggest future bolters because sometimes we really can't think of topics to discuss and we'd love them be pitched to us by you 
Yes, work for us. <laughs> Content create for us. Come on, you gotta use the internet lingo. Uh, of course, I'm I'm not necessarily internet fluent. So yeah, I think you're more internet fluent than I am, but I maybe it's still a second language for me. Anyway, this is true. What were we here to talk about today on this bolter? Uh, we're gonna do a fun little one because. It seems like every week there's a new Chaos Primark coming back, and Gilliman is still left all on his own. So we're just going to kind of pitch our thoughts of what we think the role could be for the remaining Loyalist Primarchs to return, because I think outside of Sanguinius, I argue all of them are not technically dead and could very well return. Uh, I will give one more, which is Ferris Manus. Ferris Manus is oh, dead. Oh, yeah, Ferris Manus is dead, unless... Like, hold on, don't get me wrong. I would love the idea of Ferris Manus coming back as, like, a dreadnought or in some form that... Or maybe even, like, an AI construction that just thinks it's Ferris Manus. But because of his role in the heresy, he needs to just be dead. So... No, he leads the Imperial Demon Army with newly made uh, Legion of the Damned. That's my personal... That's what I want. Mainly because I want Legion of the Damned back in the game. Because this yeah, is so cool. But I feel like we could do that with someone else. Again, Ferris Man should just stay dead. So. Yeah, no. For, I mean, Imperial Demon Sanguinius also kind of fits that role. Well, especially because they basically already exist with the Sanguinor. I mean, the theories yeah, about what the Sanguinor... Yeah, very much an Imperial Demon. Yeah, what the Sanguinor is is still very much open to debate. So... Anyways, before we get lost on another ramble... So the first uh, Primark we have to discuss, very obviously, would be the one that almost certainly is the one they're going to bring back. Uh, at least the first one, which would be Lionel Johnson, right? Yep, first Primark, and heavily rumored, speculated, what have you, to be returning. Well, because in the, the lore, to my understanding, and I'm not up to date on my most current lore or anything, but to my understanding, we know for a fact the Lion is alive, in stasis and at the bottom of the rock, just not awakened yet. Now, what the Dark Angels, who know he's there, which is very few of them, are waiting for, I don't understand necessarily, but I don't know Dark Angels lore intensely. It's the King Arthur's myth that he will return to the Imperium when they need him most. Uh, yeah, but I feel like they're the ones in control of that right now. So. No, it's the... I don't know what the hell's going on with him. Like, there's weird psychic magic of Caliban, what have you. It, again, it's supposed to be very King Arthur related, but when you start thinking about it, like, just slap him awake. Anyway, yeah, point is we have enough lore stuff to know that Lionel Johnson is alive and ready to be awakened at literally any time, so he's the one who's probably coming back before anyone else at this point. Now, what does him coming back mean, or at least what would be a good way to do that? And I think the obvious one is that first thing he's going to notice when he comes back is that Guillemin is running the show and he's yeah. not going to be happy about it. Yeah, no, I know a lot of people don't like the idea of any antagonism between the two, but oh. I'm sorry, that's the lion's bag, is being a dick to his brothers. Yeah, I don't see like a civil war coming out of it or anything, but he ain't going to be happy about Guillemin being the the master commander and he's going he's gonna to butt heads with him to the point where I could, oh, the fact that the Emperor just, or not the Emperor, sorry, the fact that Gilman just recently named uh, Dante as the the runner of the Second Empire, like, that would be a big, I think, good point of contention, where he's like, I mean, I could easily see the Lion both wanting that and also feeling like it would be, what's the word, a step down 
<laughs> and being insulted. Yeah. So. No, my key theory. Not that Dante is... would give it up, but anyway. Oh, I th- well, Dante needs to die, but that's my own separate rant. Well, hold on. When I say Dante give it up, I don't mean that like he wants it, because from what I understand, Dante didn't want it, but he did it because when when the only living Primarch tells you to do something, and you do it, so. Yeah. No, my personal theory is, given everything they've kind of established, is the uh, High Lords of Terra that aren't happy with Gilliman might try and leverage Lion onto their side. And Lion kind of has the same problem Horus did in the big ego of, well, of course, everyone should worship me, and I am the most special, special boy. So he wouldn't necessarily buy the manipulation, but he might like the idea of having a part of the Imperium in his corner mm-hmm. and what? maybe build the tensions going on there. Well, my question would be, what is... Uh, the name is escaping me right now. What is the main, like, narrative thing with the Dark Angels? The the oh, Fallen? Oh, there's the whole the Fallen, yeah. All right, so how would the Lion feel about the Fallen, do you think? That's a funny joke because a lot of people joke like, the lion's going to be pissed when he wakes up and the fallen are still out there ah. in amassing in great numbers. Then there's also a theory that he's going to be super paranoid of, well, no one must know, not even Gilliman. So that could, that's more likely as we're just going to do fallen stuff. But I kind of want to, to lean into the lion's inferiority complex and his antagonism of his brothers. I think that's the most interesting story to do. It does feel like if there's any Primarch who will stay behind on Terra to try to manipulate the High Lords to oust Giamon and take his place, it would be Johnson. Yeah, that was kind of his bag, was, well, I should have been Warmaster. Like, he talks about, after the heresies, like, well, now that Horus is out, Father will realize that I should have been Warmaster to begin with. Hmm. So yeah, I could see him literally causing problems, quote-unquote, unintentionally, because of his own self-serving nature. So. Yeah, and again, they've kind of established there was an attempted coup by the High Lords to oust Gilliman. Yeah, and so him feeding into that and becoming the new head of the conspiracy, as it were, would be interesting, certainly. Yeah, and again, we're not quite at a civil war, but there's some antagonism, which is always fun. Yeah, okay, I think he's an easy one to, to get at. Let's move on to something else. Let's, I said Lion. What's the next one you want to talk about? Uh, the next most obvious one is Russ. Russ, Lehman Russ. So, for anyone who has not up on their lore, last we knew of Lehman Russ, he and a group of Space Wolves, his legion, went off into the Eye of Terror to hunt down traitors in the warp, essentially. And now, I was it in Psychic Awakening, I think? We had a bit of lore about Wolfen, which are, you know, crazy. Oh, that was, uh... The Curse of the Wolfen and Wrath of Magnus did that whole thing. Ah, well, point is, we've got a bunch of wolf-mutated space wolves, which all space wolves can eventually get there, but, like, super ones coming seemingly out of the warp to attack things. So it's like, hmm, are those the remnants of the ones that went in there with Lehman Russ? So what happened with them is they are the remnants of the company that went in with him, and because time moves differently in the warp, they got the accelerate button hit on their, you know, transformation into Wolfen. Yep. And supposedly, because Space Wolves are all about Viking lore, the 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 All Father, you know, Lehman will come back and, you know, the time of the wolf, the apocalypse, Ragnarok, whatever you want to call it. So 
again, when the Imperium needs him most, and considering that Fenris got thoroughly toasted by Magnus, and then kind of hand-waved away with Primaris, but either way, good time for him to come back. Now, uh, Lehman would, to my understanding, generally not care about trying to run the Emperor, Imperium, no, so he, he ain't gonna... He ain't gonna butt heads with Guillemin. If anything, he might mock him, but my image of Lehman Russ in my head is that of kind of a frat bro, which I know is not accurate. That's mostly the meme about him, but it's based in a truth. So I see it more like he shows up, he mostly just goes right to fighting. Eventually someone drags him to be like, hey, go talk to Guillemin. And he just goes like, hey, good on ya. Can I go back to killing things now? <laughs> Yeah, I would like to see... Again, we're assuming it's just Lehman Russ coming back with Gilliman. I would like them to kind of... Well, one, I kind of want a dual model release of there's regular uh, Russ and then there's, you know, giant Wolfen Russ. Oh, like he can... Kind of like Marathi in Age of Sigmar. Oh. He gets past a wound threshold and he transforms into a bigger beat stick. That'd be cool. I'd... And then, narratively, you can play with the two of russ always hid how smart he was because it was easier to be thought of as the brutal savage mm -hmm. and then actually i'm extremely smart because i'm a fucking primarch but you underestimated me because i looked like this and then we can kind of have that dichotomy of okay that's his outward appearance but then sometimes he really does become a giant scary rage monster and gilliman kind of has to go well on the one hand if anyone kind of finds out about this it's going to look really bad but I can't afford to, you know, turn out any allies, let alone brothers at this point. Well, it's funny that we went right to Lion and Lehman first because literally my brain's thinking now of like, okay, Game of Thrones. Lehman is basically a 40k Eddard Stark, while Lionel is basically a 40k version of Tywin Lannister. So if you have both of them at the yep. same time, that could be very interesting where, where Lehman's like, I don't do any of this political bullshit but yeah maybe you don't trust the lion because he does do all that political bullshit well you could lean in there like there's a fun narrative to be had of the lion vouches for russ because the lion the dark angels are responsible for fenris getting fucked up in the first place mm. well, so it's kind of like oh well you know we we really did screw up last time we owe it to them to not dick around but there's also the politicking of I know Russ's secret. I know Gilliman's hiding it, so I'm going to back pocket this for my own purposes. Which well, I was just very... also thinking that Lionel doesn't like most people, but him and Lehman have a particular animosity, if I remember my lore correctly. Yeah, it begins because the lion has a huge chip on his shoulder, and Russ is very much just... Well, he has his own peculiar peculiarities with who he hates but he's also kind of he doesn't hold a grudge unless there's really a reason to except with magnus because he really hates magnus suddenly i'm envisioning lehman russ as played by carl urban and i'm happy with this so you're not wrong i literally i went right to like he's the executioner of you know the imperium and then that made me think of the executioner from thor ragnarok and i was like wait but carl urban is awesome and everything he could do yeah, it. Yeah, and so. he'd capture the duality, because, again, there's a bit of Billy Butcher in there. Oh, definitely. Hmm. All right, let's see. Who else Vulcan. there? Vulcan. I don't see? know what the story... Okay, the only thing I can think of storyline... Because Vulcan, I feel like you don't need to necessarily explain how he comes back. Because, again, for anyone who doesn't know, Vulcan's thing 
of the Primarchs was he's, he was a perpetual. Like, the Emperor was perpetual, and Vulcan was perpetual, because all the Primarchs had at least, like, one thing pulled from the Emperor, except for Sanguinius, who basically pulled everything from the Emperor, just in lower quantities. And so Vulcan's thing was the guy couldn't die. Like, he could get torn up into pieces and would just regenerate, thinking of Deadpool, Wolverine kind of thing. And then the last time we saw him, I believe, was fighting an orc wah, and then in the belly of a, a gargant, like, it exploded, theoretically. Yeah, he went and destroyed the beasts. Yeah, Gork and Mork maybe even showed up, like, inside that thing, and you barely yeah, see We saw don't him. talk about the War of the Beast, it's very silly and weird. I love the War of the Beast. But anyway, point is, that's the last we saw him, the... On paper, right, he was fine, like disintegrated or something, so he couldn't regenerate from that. But again, he's a perpetual. It's it's more complicated than just Deadpool healing stuff. It's well, where it gets weird is the current lore that exists also states that if his sons collect all of his holy missing relics, he will return, and they're like two that's, relics short. That's what their prophecy is. That yeah, if they collect all of his things that he made, that he'll come back. And so we could easily have that happen and have it be, I mean, it could easily be some, like, crazy warp, ma- like, he could literally have been fighting with Gorkin, a version of Gorkin Mork in the Wah for, again, timey-wimey bullshit. Yeah, I mean, there's, that, like, a third pass to the War of the Beasts that kind of smooths out the rough edges. I'm not opposed to that. Yeah. And if we're going to put him anywhere, I think you can follow up on the Orc thing. Have him be the the Primarch whose job now is to try to deal with Gazkul. Or just, you know, again, he's just a fun character back because he's not really going to rock the boat. He's just going to be like, all right, what do you need me to do? Okay, I'm going to go do that now. But I also Man, see him, actually, suck. if we're talking storyline-wise, I see him being the most, like, because we already saw Guillemin be super upset about the current state of the Imperium, obviously. But... The Salamanders, if they're known, they're known for two things primarily, well, three things, but we don't need to talk about the third one. They're known for two things primarily among fans, being super into fire and being super into being nice to people. Because compared to other space marines, they actually care about non-space marine people. So having Vulcan come back, see the current state of everything, and being like, okay, well, Gilman, you're making it your mission right now to save the Imperium with your Crusades. Well, while you're doing that, I'm going to try to actually improve the lives of regular people, which are really shitty right now. <laughs> so. Nope, it'll, it'll never happen, but I want nihilistic Vulcan that comes back, sees it, and goes, oh, well, Dad was right. Fuck it all. Yeah, I don't see that happening. I see it more like... I do I, but that would make my black heart smile. I'm not saying he succeeds. I'm saying he starts fighting against a... Uh, basically a sisyphusian task of trying to like fix hive cities or something like imagine just imagine him going to necromunda and just trying to deal with all of that (laughs) all right speaking of necromunda dorn so dorn is the weirdest primarch because he has like three contradicting deaths on the record i actually don't know dorn's supposed death or if there's a prophecy about him or anything i don't know anything about dorn's end so. He die like he dies fighting, I believe, Iron Warriors or um, Alpha Legion, and the only thing that's recovered is his hand. And then, of course, the Imperial Fists make a holy scrimshaw relic out of it because they're really into scrimshaw for some reason. Mm-hmm. 
There's another one where he's gravely wounded and goes into the cocoon that uh, Space Marines make when they're gravely injured. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember that one ends. And then there's like a third one where he just disappears. Okay. But the most accepted one currently is he died in a battle against Chaos Forces and the only thing that was recovered was his hand. His hand. Yes, which became a holy relic that they scrimshot. Because again... I don't know why. So the only one I have idea there is I want Dorne to come back with uh, Thunderfist because, you know, he's one-handed. Uh-huh. And it's painted bright red to represent the Crimson Fist. Okay. Because to me, that's just a cool visual model design. I want Dorne to come back because he's a cool character. I just, I don't know narratively what he can really do. Honestly, Dorne is the one who feels like he'd be the most straight-up allied with Guillemin's regime like don't get me wrong russ and vulcan would be very pro working with him but they'd basically go off to do their own things i both of them whereas i imagine dorn being like all right go to terra shore things up show me the plans all right how do i help (laughs) yeah no so if like we were building pieces for kind of a second heresy putting him on no, he'd be interesting. Of he's trying to broker peace between the lion and Gilliman hmm. in this scenario, because he's like he just wants everyone. He just wants the Imperium to succeed, and he's tired of his brothers. But don't forget too that back and forth. don't forget too that of the Primarchs, we've talked about this before. Doran has probably the second biggest temper behind yes. only Angron. So, well, Ferris Manus is up there. Eh, I still feel like Ferris Manus get. We saw get angry at a very specific thing, whereas Dorne feels like he's just constantly having to wall a ocean of rage. So, yeah, that's why I love him. So I feel like we could latch on to something there, where if you want him like literally trying to broker peace, he'd be doing it in the most pissed off way possible, like insulting, probably the lion, but well, also is Dorne the one that looks at everything and goes, nope. I did this once before. Fuck it. I'm gathering my sons. I'm going to go punch Abaddon in his stupid fucking face. I mean, he goes it, on the penitent crusade. If he did that, it would be towards Portorabo on principle. Yeah, but maybe he's the one that goes on the penitent crusade because he failed to save the emperor and now he feels all the guilt. So he becomes a really penitent one of he's got to just destroy all the chaos. That would be a real shift. I mean, I feel like it's more likely he'd be like, well, now I got to make terrorist defenses even crazier and, and never leave. So, either one way or the other, I don't know. Dorn's kind of hard to do anything with because I don't know narrative. I want him back. I just don't know what you do with him narratively. I feel like it makes more sense if he were to take the Imperial Fist straight to the Imperial Fist and plant them on Terra while sending the Black Templars directly into some mission. I don't know. See, since we've established the last wall protocol and Gilliman's kind of eased up the rules on Legion building. There's potential there. Yeah, well, that's what I mean is that Black Templars, there's a lot of them, so... <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's do an easy one. Uh, let's do a Korax, who is a warp entity. Honestly, I don't see a way to have Korax come back in any sort of Primark capacity. The best I could see is he's more like he phases in and out of existence as a creature of... You know, rage and vengeance and i mean it's the last time we saw him he, he was fucking up lorgar right so yeah no that's, that's pretty much my idea is like he's in the universe 
but he's not really taking orders from anybody. He just shows up, you know, the Raven Guards show up alongside him. They destroy or win a big battle, then he disappears again. It's like he's out there as this constant entity that's just fucking shit up. So basically it'd be another Sanguinor. he's on our side. Yeah, he'd be another Sanguinor then, just a bird. Yeah, just on a bigger level. Yeah. It's like we just leveled it up. That's like he's a real simple one. He just shows up, fucks shit up, disappears. And Gillum was like, I, I, I think he's on my side. I, I hope he's on my side. Which the Raven Guard then... I mean, if you want to be edgy Space Marines, that's Raven Guard. And so you could do some Edgar Allan poe kind of like, oh, they come up with certain chants or whatnot that they think might summon him. And of course, it's actually completely They're, they're trying to determine they got the big push board pin that says, where's dad today? Yeah. So yeah, that's what... Korax, I feel like, is easy because there's no... There's no story beat with Korax at this point. He is a he's a monster. He's a monster that theoretically will fight on the side of the Imperium, but narratively speaking, I don't see him talking with anyone ever. <laughs> no, he's again, he's the one that's super driven into his goal, which kind of aligns with where he was in 30k. Here's another actually here's an interesting one. What if instead of him showing up, because his final like shame was the mutations that he brought into his legion. What if instead he became, like, literally a psychic power? As in, Raven Guard chaplains, one of the perils that they could happen is they become avatars of him for a while. That could work. Because, I mean, they haven't done as much with the Cicatrix as I'd like them to, of, like, the galaxy is flooded with psychic power. Let's do some cool stuff with that. And... Uh, one of those things is, uh-oh, you drew too much psychic power and Korax appeared on the battlefield. Yeah, in this case it would literally be like some Raven Guard Psyker tries to cast, but instead starts doubling over and then just like mutates into this big crazy bird creature that is Korax, and they all recognize after a while, like, oh, this has happened a few times. He fucks shit up and then it just dissipates and the body left behind is like a blackened corpse because it can't withstand Korax's fury. And there's the grimdark aspect of it, so... That works, and then we can just... He's there, but he's not at the same time. Perfect. Yeah. Does that just leave Jagatai? Yeah, and I will admit that Jagatai is the Primarch I know the least about, period. So I can't say well, shit about him. <laughs> to be fair, he's the ignored... He's the most ignored son, like, lore-wise and books-wise. Like, no one writes about him. Yeah, I know the White I mean, Scars are basically... Yeah, I know the White Scars are speed freaks. I know that aesthetically they draw on Mongolian culture, apparently. His name is Khan, for crying out loud. But I know he has an enmity with some specific traitor Primarch, but I don't remember which one. So He rode into the webway to fuck up some Dark Eldar and was never seen again. And he's, again, a really interesting Primarch in that he's... He puts on the, the guise of the noble savage, like Russ. Well, for the record, that means that the darkest, most insulting to White Scars players way we could bring him back is as furniture. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, but he's very stoic, and he doesn't talk a lot because he measures whatever he's going to say very carefully. Okay. So like, the best way to do him is he's been fighting as a gladiator in the hell pits of oh, Kemera and just busts out. Sure. I don't know. The only, only thing I really think is, like, he serves as the huntsman to the Imperium of, like, he's going after the biggest... Maybe we tie him in with one of the other parts. Like he's going to try and go get Korax to stop murdering people for five seconds. 
or try to reclaim or redeem Korax. Again, I don't know enough about Jagatai to really There's comment. not that much. The White Scars kind of got overlooked a lot, so they have the best potential of you can add stuff here. I mean, I will also say that when it comes to, if I were to collect a Space Marine army, White Scars would be the literal absolute last, but that's just because painting white sucks. They are thematically such an awesome army, but yeah, all that white. Yeah. So I think that's everybody i think we will see eventually everyone return because primarchs make money and games workshop likes money i don't think, I think we'll see everyone but narratively where do they fit if we're being brew if we're being fully honest i think lionel is very likely i think russ is very likely and those are the only two that i would really put like money down on showing back up so well yeah and i mean those ones they have separate codexes already yeah exactly so yeah i can't really think of i think we covered everybody i'm running through i mean uh ferris is dead sanguinius is dead if sanguinius returns the only way i want to see sanguinius return is at the head of a new imperial demons army well, yeah, and it would, it would be like a reveal that the Sanguinor is him or something, so. Yeah, and I mean, that's its own separate episode we'll do. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess you could quote-unquote say uh, Alpharius, but no, <sighs> no not, not touching that one. No, Alpharius and are dead. Well, no, one of them is. Uh, no, well, one gets killed by Dorne, one gets killed by Gilliman. Uh, I don't know one about... dies before the heresy, one dies after the heresy. That is my stance, and I really, really, really wish Games Workshop would shit or get off the pot with Alpha Legion and stop just going, or is it? Because it it, it makes their lore just useless. I feel like, though, that's the point. I feel like, honestly, if they did come down with a solid thing, it would defeat the entire point of the Alpha Legion. I'm not saying you have to come down one way or the other but stop treating everything of their lore as or is it because it makes everything useless bullshit i want to every conversation we had ended in a question i will say that alpha legion are so memed that it's hard for me to have real thoughts about them i would love to get an alpha legion player to talk about it so. Yeah, I love Alpha Legion. Like they are so cool conceptually, and when they're written well, they're really good. But again, everything about them ends in a question, and it gets fucking frustrating. Yeah. It's like, listen, just a few concrete facts. That's all I'm asking for. My point was bringing him up as, as a I. He could theoretically return as a loyalist, but I I honestly think that the Alpha Legion is best left in a state of confusing flux and that that is the appeal of them from what i can tell so yeah and the other advantage is when currently lined out the amount of dead primarchs to living primarchs for loyalist and traitor is evenly matched if we let uh alpharius omegon be dead slash neutral fair and then one more cap off we will never and I can pretty much guarantee we will never hear about the the two missing Primarchs. It just no. won't happen. So, well, no, there's there's that would be su- that would be that would be a table flip if they go, hey, guess who's back? 
Yeah. I'm saying, not only are they not going to come back, we will never hear anything about them, because them being unknown, completely scrubbed from history, is the entire point of their place in the lore. So it, it never yep. will happen. So it, It's fun little lore tidbits, but yeah, no, that's it. Yeah. Alright, and if there's someone... I feel like there's like a big neon thing that we're probably missing, but sorry to whoever that is. So. Yeah, let us know what you thought. If you are a fan of any of the legions that we short-shrifted, let us know. Yeah, feel free to, to tell us off about it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just some of these guys, it's like, I don't know what role you filled that's not already filled. I want to see you back, because everyone deserves a big, stompy Primarch model. But seriously, what do you do with a Vulcan? Yeah, storyline-wise, Vulcan is best off, I think, off fighting, either fighting aliens, or fighting aliens who defend people. So narratively i don't know what you do with that exactly it's just cool though i think our korax pitch is my most desired one because that just sounds awesome i mean i'd love to see that model of crazy warp raven mutant monster so yeah just like living shadow yeah all right take us in the outro all right well thank you for listening be sure to like share subscribe do all the things because literally without your shares this podcast will die and we will have to have these conversations by ourselves which is no you know we'll still have them but we like having them with you and where we have them with you is on any number of podcasting platforms which i'm not supposed to list anymore but in addition to all the standard ones and if there is still one that we're not on, tell us about it and we'll look at it. But we're also on the firesidealliance.com with a bunch of other cool podcasts. And on Spotify specifically, you can rate us and try to massage the algorithm into showing us to more relevant people. And that also helps. As always, this has been Lord Commander Ulrich. And his shield brother, Axel Wright. Be sure to tune in next time. And remember, I don't have an outro for this one. I'll edit one in later.